Welcome in, everyone, to the seventh episode of the Deep Dive Dynasty podcast. I am Colin, here with my co-host, Toby. Good evening. And we are going to be starting our Dynasty Startup Rankings position by position, and today we are going to go through our top 40 quarterbacks. You can find us on Twitter at Deep Dive Dynasty, where you can DM us any of your questions, and we're happy to help you out. Toby, you ready to get going? Absolutely. Right off the bat, we've got tier number one. Everyone knows who's in it. We're not going to spend too much time on these top mm -hmm. two guys. We have Mahomes, number one, and Lamar Jackson, number two. Elite talents, if these two guys aren't at the top of your QB rankings, you're a criminal. <laughs> this is the duo that deserves to be at the top. And again, we won't waste too much of your time with that. Do you have any reasoning as to why we have Mahomes over Jackson here? With Jackson's rushing, if I'm looking at a redraft league, it's especially close between the two. I would even lean on the side of going Jackson. But with any player that rushes as much as he does, you see it in the career length of running backs. It's just so much shorter. And with Jackson, you just have a higher injury risk. And if I'm looking at the two of them and thinking, which of these players do I think is going to be playing at age 35, 40, it's definitely Mahomes. And if you're potentially looking at five extra years of production, that's what pushes Mahomes to number one for me. Totally. That's our first tier. Our second tier, and I think it's worth mentioning that we are doing our consensus rankings here. So we'll let you know when we have discrepancies. But our second tier is three spots long, and it is Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, and Dak Prescott. So I have Watson as my number three, I think. Toby's pick of Kyler Murray at number three is becoming consensus. This week on Twitter, I posted asking all of you which of the quarterbacks that you think are the most overrated, and Kyler Murray barely edged out Aaron Rodgers to win that poll. In my mind, if I'm comparing these two between Watson and Murray, it really comes down to the fact that I've just seen it with Watson, and when we're looking at these guys that are both so young, I do think that Murray has a bit of a better situation right now. Obviously, he has a better offensive-minded coach. He also has better wide receivers around him. It's funny to compare these two because one of them obviously just lost Hopkins and the other gained mm -hmm. Hopkins. But if I have to go for the long term of my dynasty team, it's hard for me to bank such early capital into a player that was just a rookie when comparatively to the other guys in this tier like Watson and Prescott they both can throw they can both rush and other than the fact that Prescott hasn't signed his deal yet which I do think is coming quite soon they look to have really long-term futures locked in on their teams and all of those things make me push Murray a little bit lower in the tier even though he's obviously still a top-end quarterback I just think there's higher risk because after only one year, we saw what happened with Baker. Even if your rookie year is productive, there's still a good chance that you might not hit that ceiling. And it seems that people, in my mind, are already drafting him at that ceiling. I guess in response to that, what edged him, because I would say all three quarterbacks in this tier, I found excruciatingly difficult to separate. Mm -hmm. Murray obviously has the best situation with Hopkins coming to him, in my opinion. And I understand that he may regress in terms of rushing next year. But I do believe that Murray has all of the similar traits and paths to greatness that 
both Deshaun Watson and Dak Prescott had. I'm just a believer in his talent and Cliff Kingsbury as well facilitating an offense that he will be able to hone his skills with. But I think like you're saying, maybe he is overrated to an extent. I don't think he's going to absolutely blow up in his sophomore season, but as he is just a rookie there, you automatically have, just when you're comparing those two guys, at least a couple more years of production before he gets to their level. And at that point, he will be better. Yeah, I think the highest ceiling of the three is probably Kyler Murray at this point. If he continues to rush quite often, like we've seen in college and his rookie season, he could be an absolutely dynamite fantasy asset. Totally. The next three in our third tier, going from slot six to eight, we have in order Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, and Carson Wentz. I'm interested that in Toby's own personal rankings, he had Allen at the top of this tier. So I really just want you to speak more into that and why you would have Allen placed above these other two more proven locked-in quarterbacks. Wilson Wentz absolutely locked in as proven quarterbacks. I believe Wilson is several steps ahead of Wentz for me. I think comparing Wilson Wentz is an exercise in comparability that is a lot easier said than comparing Wilson or Wentz to Allen, who's of his own status of quarterback in the league right now. He has his haters, he has people like me who love his raw talent, and I do believe that Allen and Wilson, similar in terms of their rushing and rushing ability, and I believe that Allen is going to be a lot better in his third season, and I believe acquiring Stephon Diggs is going to push his numbers up to the point that at the end of this season in Dynasty, he could be even higher than the sixth point. They are definitely difficult to compare if we're looking straight up between Allen and Wilson because Wilson is seven years older, and that's a huge difference. When you're looking at a Dynasty team, there's most Dynasty leagues don't even last seven years, so it's a very difficult thing to compare the two. If I'm looking at a redraft or in the same sense, looking at a player to immediately help me win this year, I actually don't think there is a huge difference between Allen and Wilson. But what is concerning for me with Allen is the floor is incredibly low. He still has some target issues, and he, he is prone to turning the ball over. For dynasty points, it isn't incredibly important. You want a guy to force the ball, but what that could mean in his career-wise is that they might be more willing to move on from him. And what I fear is that if he regresses and has a much worse season with a lot of turnovers and prevents the Bills from going on and winning their division like a lot are predicting them to, then in a couple of years he could find himself in a much worse situation. Meaning that in my mind, Wilson, I'm much more confident, is starting in three to four years even though he's so much older than Josh Allen. I think we're both in agreement that Wentz is kind of locked in on that bottom mm -hmm. of that tier. He is very good. It's too bad for his value that they drafted Hertz. I do think Hertz was meant to just be a really quality backup and some insurance because he's a little bit injury prone at this point in his career. It's true, mm -hmm. and touching on the draft, they did also draft a ton of wide receivers. So you can mm -hmm. say that at least. Yeah, the positives and negatives for sure. But yeah, overall, I'd be really happy with any of these guys being my quarterback and in Superflex being my quarterback one. We have another group of six that make up our next tier. And 
there's definitely a similarity between all of these guys compared to the majority of dynasty rankings. It seems that both Toby and I have really valued youth. So this group is Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, Tua Tungavailoa, Jared Goff, Drew Locke, and Daniel Jones. A lot of the other veteran guys are getting pushed down our list compared to consensus. I know that at this point, a lot of rankings have people like Rodgers. I already mentioned that he was on my list of being some of the most overrated players. And I know from that tweet that he was considered the 11th overall quarterback, and we don't even have him in this tier that includes the top 14. Differentiating between these young quarterbacks is very difficult. I also think it's very difficult to compare them to the much older locked-in guys, but us having the trio of Burrow, Mayfield, and Tua at the top, I think really signifies that at that point we're chasing the ceiling. We mm -hmm. obviously haven't seen anything from Burrow or Tua at the NFL level, and Mayfield has been a mixed bag of both successes and failures, so he's very difficult to project going forward. But all three of these guys definitely share an incredibly high ceiling and could be studs for a really long time. Totally. And I think the reason that I have Burrow over Mayfield is you had everyone hopping on the Mayfield hype train last season. Mayfield's looking at guys such as OBJ and Juice Landry, and he put up a stanker. So Joe Burrow, at least when you're looking at ceilings, we don't quite know what he could do yet. I think that statement is predicated on you assuming that Mayfield doesn't also improve a lot with us ranking him here at 10. A built-in part of that is that he has the potential to look back like his rookie form or even improved in that third-year jump past the sophomore slump. And with the weapons that he has around him, he is absolutely set up with a better O-line, with new weapons in someone like Austin Hooper. They've really set him up to be in the perfect situation to explode. So do I think that Burrow will likely outperform Mayfield last year? I would say yes, but if I'm comparing apples to apples with their situation right now, Mayfield has the best situation of any of these guys. I guess if you're looking at this year only, I'll, I'll agree with that totally. Moving forward, Burrow and Mayfield will probably both have prosperous careers. Same reason why I've got Tua. He's just more of an unknown than, obviously, Mayfield is playing in the league and just less than Burrow, who's going 101 in the draft. A big difference with Tua as well is I don't predict that he is going to be starting, especially mm -hmm. early in the NFL in his rookie season, and that makes a big difference to see what you have in these type of assets. If you are drafting and owning Tua, you want to at least see what you have. You want him to accrue value early. And if he is sitting behind Fitzpatrick for a while, it's a big negative compared to someone like Joe Burrow that will be seeing the field right away. The next group, we have, I think, the safest of this group, but with a limited ceiling in Jared Goff. Then the complete opposite with a very high ceiling, tons of new weapons around him, but such a small sample size and not the best draft capital, Drew Locke. He's really interesting for me to rank. I know we took him in our mock draft, and this was kind of the group of players that we were happy to be going for, but there's a lot of risk to lock. And then below that, we have Daniel Jones, who was obviously an early pick last year. We both like the floor that his rushing ability gives him, but 
neither of us think that his ceiling is astronomical like some of the other players within this tier. Absolutely. And even separating Locke and Jones has given us pause for deliberation behind the scenes because, again, Locke's ceiling definitely higher, Jones' floor definitely higher, but both these guys heading into their second seasons are relatively unproven in terms of what they could be as fantasy studs. Our next grouping is a big one, and I'm sure we'll catch some fire for having Aaron Rodgers so low, but here's our next grouping of eight. Stafford, Tannehill, Darnold, Ryan, Rodgers, Minshew, Garoppolo, Cousins. It's honestly a very big group, and if I'm in a startup draft, I think I'd be targeting to just grab one of these guys in a super flex league because maybe you get your other quarterback to be someone who's a bit younger, has a bit more upside. But if you are in this tier, you're grabbing a Garoppolo or a Stafford or a Matt Ryan, you know what you have mm -hmm. for the next few years. And alternatively, going with a Minshew or a Darnold, I think you have a lot of upside despite their really low floors. And they could provide you a lot of value. So this group from quarterback 15 to 22 is really valuable, particularly in super flex leagues. Absolutely. And selecting one of these guys from here is also going to be pretty team dependent. If you've waited this long and these are the quarterbacks that are left and you want to grab a guy for the future, that's when you reach for the guys such as Minshew. And realistically, within this tier, although I like Stafford over Cousins, that's why there's the gap between them. If push comes to shove, I'm going to be drafting other players waiting for the end of this tier, grabbing a guy such as Cousins. Before we move on, there's actually one guy that I would like to bring up because I think he needs to be talked about more, even in single quarterback leagues or redraft leagues, someone that I'm targeting, Ryan Tannehill. I have him here at 15, you have him at 18, and I think especially if you are going for the championship this year, or if you're doing your redraft draft, you really need to be looking at someone with a lot of upside. And Tannehill is someone who exploded onto the scene last year and is locked into a long-term contract now. The entire dynasty market and fantasy market in general has become savvy to the fact that no one is taking his stats from last year and projecting that forward. Everyone understands that regression is coming, but that doesn't mean that he can't be a quarterback one and if I'm going to do rankings I would have him above a lot of those young guys that we have ahead of him in these dynasty rankings and I think he can really help you go for a championship this year he's my favorite of this group to go win a championship this year and if you think of all the intense lust and love for AJ Brown out there in the dynasty community Tannehill's the one throwing in the ball we have a complete mixed bag from this next tier from quarterback 23 to quarterback 30. We've got young players like Justin Herbert, Dwayne Haskins, and Stidham. And we've got some guys who have been around for a while. Bridgewater, Breeze, Roethlisberger, Brady, and Carr. In Dynasty, these are pretty much the guys you're grabbing late to start for you right away or a guy you're adding as your second or third or even fourth quarterback in Superflex leagues to hope they pan out and improve and can be longer-term starters for you in the future. In terms of question marks, guys such as Herbert is a question mark for two reasons. One, you don't know the quality he will produce at, 
and two, you don't even know when he will produce. That's a different kind of question mark than, for example, Stidham. For all intents and purposes, we know that good old Stidham's going to be hucking the ball for the Patriots. So I believe when you get into situations such as this, when you're looking at question marks, ask the right questions, such as, do I just need a guy that's going to throw a couple touchdown passes in the first, you know, eight to nine weeks of the season? Then you could be comfortable taking a guy such as Brady. Yeah, two people that we have right beside each other, for example, at 26 and 27 respectively, is Haskins and Roethlisberger. And if you are late in a startup draft, most likely in a super flex, the choice between these two players is very dependent on who you already have. If your quarterbacks to start off is Josh Allen and Sam Darnold, then I would want Roethlisberger as that third quarterback mm -hmm. because you can play him right away. But if you have a couple of starters that are locked in studs, you know they're going to be your starters and you're just looking for a long-term option, a bi-week fill-in or a replacement because of injuries, then Haskins is a great guy to go for because he's young. As of right now, he's completely locked into that situation and you don't need him to produce for you right off the bat. Our next group is a group of five that we had some deliberation, deciding where to put where, and we'll discuss that, but it is as follows. Hertz, Love, Tyra Taylor, Foles, and Rivers. So again, in respect to the mixed bag, Hertz and Love have never taken an NFL snap. Taylor's had a bit of a hiatus. Nick Foles, he has as well to an extent. And then Philip Rivers sneaking into this group of five. Who are some people that stand out to you in this group, Colin? If we're talking the same about going for wins right away, my favorite value of this group, and I think the player that we have the highest compared to consensus, is Tyrod. I expect that Tyrod Taylor should start and could even start for the entire year, especially if he sees success, and that gives him a ceiling for this year due to his rushing that is actually really high, and he could be edging into that quarterback one situation. He has good weapons around him. It's a pretty good situation, and if he does continue to rush as he has throughout his career, he could give you a really solid season, even if he isn't the long-term answer in Los Angeles. To get my two cents in for the Hurts and Love debate, it's extremely difficult to know when Hurts is going to start or what the Eagles' plan is with him. Whereas you look at Jordan Love and you know as soon as Rodgers is out of there, it's, it's Love's turn. I rank Hurts over Love, but I totally understand how difficult it is to be assigning him value when his path to taking NFL snaps is so muddled. So when you get to those names, that's when you can't be benching on a particular time frame of when they're going to take snaps. So that's why you even have a guy like Rivers in this tier where his NFL days are numbered, but at least he's going to be throwing the ball to some pretty good targets this season. And if you need the wins, go for a guy like that. Yeah, until he gets outplayed by Brissett. <laughs> Which, by it's, the way, it's a possibility. I'm, I'm actually scared of happening. It's a possibility. Yeah, for sure. Hurts and love debate is really difficult for me, and I have done many Superflex rookie drafts. So it's a conversation that I've had to have with myself multiple times, and it's really difficult for me to choose between them. But to be honest, I'm not super high on either as a prospect. I think love, we've all heard the comparison that he could be Patrick Mahomes, whatever. What he lacks is the decision-making skills 
in that he will force balls and make decisions every once in a while that will cause turnovers, lose his team the ball, and will really frustrate coach. So if he were ever to become a starter, I really do think it's multiple years away. It would make sense to me if, honestly, it's three to four years, and at that point, Rodgers would be 39-ish. And then it might make sense that his career could be over and Love could step in that starting role. I really do think Love might need that amount of time. But if he ever does take that role sooner or later in Green Bay, he has the ability athletically to really produce in fantasy. Hurts as well, if he finds the field, will produce quite a lot. But the issue with Hurts, to me, is his processor. He's still slow, so he still has a lot to work on. But... What's really promising about Hertz is that if he ever does see the field, I think he's immediately a Tyrod Taylor, at least. He can rush. He's going to give you those fantasy points, even if he's not doing that well for his team. The issue, of course, in front of Hertz is that he was drafted to a team that already has a quarterback we've mentioned, a really good quarterback, and it's going to be very difficult. Who just isn't old either. Yeah, no, it's not even something like love where you're like okay rogers is 36 no wentz is very young he's going to be their starter for a long time they even kept wentz a part of the conversation of drafting hurts unlike what green bay did with rogers where it was a surprise (laughs) where (laughs) yeah they actually talked to him and was like we're gonna be going with the quarterback here he fell to us and wentz is so ingrained into that team that he was a part of the conversation with the management they let him know because they're not trying to replace him. Mm. They're trying to compliment him with a guy like Hertz. So I think Hertz, you're really banking on Wentz's injuries to continue, which sucks. And if it isn't for that, I just really think that he might be a career backup. We never even talked about Foles. Why don't we talk about him in this next tier when we mm. also talk about Mitchell Trubisky? The final tier we're talking about today, set of five names, Winston Newton, Trubisky, Mariota, and Fitz Magic. So, Colin, why do you have Foles over Trubisky? I do as well, to be fair, but just to a lesser extent. Um, my main reason would be that Trubisky is really bad at football. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, I do think that Foles is going to beat him out in some form of camp, and if not, it's not going to take that long. For a game to happen like we saw last year, where Trubisky has an off day, he plays really bad, and do you think the coach is really going to give him a lot of rope there? I think he's going to switch him out for Nick Foles almost immediately. I think Foles is a bit better despite being older, and what I've always thought was Trubisky's best attribute was his ability to run, and for whatever reason, that offense refuses to let him rush unless it's in a complete scramble mode. Whereas that system that they're playing, keeping him in the pocket, is better suited for a guy like Nick Foles. I think he will become the starter this year. Beyond this year, we're going to be looking at Trubitsky in the same way that we're looking at like a Josh Rosen, where he's just not going to be able to find anything besides a backup position. Especially when we're looking at two other guys in this tier, like Winston and Newton, having a difficulty finding a job. There's almost no situation where I see Trubitsky hitting free agency and getting a real shot anywhere. No, and as a dynasty owner of Trubisky last season, watching him, he has some of the worst quarterback decision-making in the entire league. 
when it comes to decision making, the organization of Chicago as well, they know they're winning games with fantastic defense and just turnover free football. It's not what Trubisky's providing them. It's exactly what Foles can provide. It's not going to be electric to any extent. He's, he can't make some of the throws that Trubisky makes. Totally, and I understand that. But Foles is so much of a safer bet, fits so much more with the offense and with the game planning that Trubisky's decision-making can only take him so far, and I think it's going to take him right out of the equation in Chicago. Top two guys we have in this tier, Winston and Newton, at quarterback 36 and 37, are really similar to me, even though one of them found a deal and one of them didn't. They're similar in the sense that I don't think either of them are really going to lead their teams to victory at this point. Newton really scares me with the injuries, and Winston, of course, with his interceptions. But either one of them, if they do find an NFL field, you're immediately putting them in your starting lineup. Yeah. Newton's going to give you that rushing ability. No matter what, they tried to get him to not rush as much. He doesn't care. He's going to rush the ball. It's what he does. And Winston does not care about interceptions. He doesn't care what team he throws it to because he's going to get so many yards that those minus two for interceptions are going to be washed away from your fantasy points. It won't even matter. Agreed. Yeah, I don't think Winston is likely to be the starter post-Breeze, but it's tough to know if that's really their plan and if he does start for the Saints in 2021. He's going to be an amazing dynasty asset. He's going to throw for so many yards with Sean Payton, it's going to be ridiculous. That's why we have him included on this list as a backup quarterback. Obviously, we're in the number range where we're only talking about backups, but Winston could just be that backdoor route to success. Newton, at this point, I think his agent is telling him, most likely, okay, let's wait for an injury to happen. Every year, there's a few. Last year, if we were to play out the same scenario, it's a week two or whatever it was. Roethlisberger, don't you think they would rather have Newton come in than have Rudolph if that were to happen again this year? I just think that's what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Some quarterbacks going to get injured, and I could see him get on the field at that point. But no matter what, I do not think Cam Newton has a very long career ahead of him. At the bottom of this list, we've got Mariota. He is just a backup with upside. He's behind Carr. He could take over that job. It's absolutely possible. Interestingly enough, I was actually watching a YouTube series, Gruden's QB Camp, and I watched the episode of him with Carr and also him with Mariota. And of course, at the time, it was when Mariota was just out of Oregon. He ran an amazing offense. But Gruden loves some players. You know how he gets locked in on players he loves. There's a reason they had Nathan Peterman on their team last year, despite it being completely obvious he should not be in the NFL. And that's because Gruden falls in love with a player and he'll give him an opportunity. And that's how I think he views Mariota. And so I would really not be surprised, especially in a game where Carr is struggling. I think Gruden might just throw Mariota right in there. And you never know, there's a potential he could have success. And then our list rounds up with Fitzpatrick. I think he's going to start for a bit. That's really about it. He's usable as long as he's on the field, but I, yeah. I would predict he probably has 10 games left in his career. That's probably about the average. So yeah, uh, it's hard to compare that with a player who is maybe a locked-in backup rule right now, like Winston, where you're like, okay, if I take Fitzpatrick, there's a good chance I have a week one starter. 
but you can't count on that guy for very long. No, and Fitzpatrick's quarterback room, you're looking at Tua and Josh Rosen. He played admirably last season. He'll get you some points, at least in the first stretch of this upcoming season, but that's about it. And really, he's beating out guys in our rankings, such as other backups like Andy Dalton. So I think he deserves that final spot. (laughs) Yeah, definitely over the rest of those players. Before we conclude this rather short episode, we, of course, are going to do our favorite game, Guess That Dynasty Target. Now, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, I don't know what came over me, what God sent was bequeathed unto me, but normally during this game, Colin's going to give me five hints that will start relatively obscure and get to more and more easy. Normally takes me about an average of four hints to get it. Last week, got there in two. Toby, are you ready to jump right into my newest Dynasty target? Yes. The first clue is that in the last three years, this player has finished in the top 12 of the flex players, wide receivers and running backs. He has been in the top 12 of those players twice and top 24 the other time in the last three years. So a very productive player. I know that's an obscure clue because you don't even know the position yet, but that's all you have to go off. Someone who's been productive three years in a row. Keenan Allen. Damn you. Got it. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Well done. Bro. We knew there was a chance one day someone was going to hit that. Clue one guess. Good job. You got it. It's Keenan Allen. Huh. Yeah. (laughs) You just wanted to make a quick episode quicker, didn't you? Yeah. um, Good night, everybody. (laughs) I I swear I had nothing to do with this. I can't believe it. I think we gotta turn the tables around next episode. You've uh, you've gotten the last two weeks in two hints and now in one hint. I um, it's about my turn. Yeah, you you just mentioned a guy that's been productive but wouldn't be sneaking into the top ten. Maybe honestly, my one of my thoughts was maybe Austin Eckler. I was thinking of just good dynasty buys, but Wilds can out. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. The rationale for why he's a dynasty buy is just that the pendulum, I think, has swung too far. I know he's hit the age of 28, the age apex for wide receivers, and that people expect that his production will drop soon. But I actually think, despite him losing the quarterback he's had for his entire career, he's still going to be productive. He's the type of player that will maintain getting significant targets no matter the offense, no matter the quarterback, because target share is a skill metric. He is demanding those targets through his ability to get open, his ability to run routes, and those abilities don't decrease as much with age as certain players who are bullying DBs or are blowing by them. His ability to make cuts and find separation is unique and it is what will allow him to age much better than most wide receivers so i actually think he has quite a lot of production still in front of him even if this year with tyrod isn't amazing herbert has the potential or another starter potentially in the future a couple years down the line that he could be really productive even into his early to mid 30s his adp at this point is that he is the 21st wide receiver going off the board. And obviously, as I said, two of the last three years, he's been in the top 12. One of those was the sixth wide receiver. The other was the 12th, which was this most recent year. He was just the wide receiver 12. And I think 
putting him outside of that top 20 is disrespectful to his ability. There's many people going in front of him that have longer term upside, but have much lower floors. And I think taking a guy like Keenan Allen in a startup or trading for him is advantageous as he is going to age gracefully and continue to produce. You seldom get a player who is as large and tall as Keenan Allen that can run the routes that he can. I'm absolutely behind that take. Tyrod Taylor is not going to turn him into anything special. Justin Herbert could. And all the meanwhile, his floor is going to be great. Yeah, I still think he's going to be a wide receiver too this year, even if Tyrod has a worse year than some may hope. Probably if he does as expected as a passer, if Herbert comes in, I still think he's going to be somewhere from wide receiver 15 to wide receiver 20. I'm definitely targeting him if I'm going to try to win a championship this year. And for that reason, I think Keenan Allen is a great buy in Dynasty. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Deep Dive Dynasty podcast. I am Colin, here with Toby. Keep drafting. And we will talk to you again next week where we break down the first 36 of our running backs. Mm. See you guys then. Peace.